Is there a guest you'd like to hear on Sketchbook? Maybe you'd like to hear from a specific composer, arranger, designer, creator, or artist. Is there a particular show, piece of music, or production you'd like to hear more about? Send us your request or suggestion to sketchbookpodcast at gmail.com. Happy International Women's Day, Jennifer. Aw, thanks. Is that really today? Yeah, it is. It oh, is. Fantastic. And in celebration of that, I will allow you to talk 81% of this podcast. That is the updated rankings for the percentage of a dollar that you are making in 2020 compared awesome. to me. So well, hey, 81% is better than what it used to be, right? Wasn't it like 71 or 72 I think, for I think a you're while? you're a solid B now. Woohoo! Jenny B. Get it? B for 81%. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Love it. 81%. It's okay. It's okay, Mom. You just have to learn to accept the B. It's better than a C, though, so that's good. Welcome to Matchbook, the series where we set the pageantry world on fire with our hot takes. We've already started started off on gender inequality as it pertains to the mighty dollar. Um, so you're welcome. I just when we look back on this, hopefully we'll say you got a solid B plus. Yeah, a year from now, let's see if we can maybe I think we're at a B minus right now. Yeah. Jenny B minus. Oh, oh no. Man. That doesn't sound good. Oh. I don't think anybody's gonna buy those albums. They would if it was Jenny and the Bets. I think Elton John might have something to say about that. Please it's don't a little too please. Please don't, don't sue us, sir, Elton. Us. That's right. I, I know it's it's a tough time for the royal family right now. Uh, from what I'm reading, yeah, it's, from what I from hear. what I'm reading, yeah, what what, <laughs> I what the it. the pulse on the street is that there's some there's some lack of camaraderie amongst the um, the the new American offshoot across the pond, yeah, the the spinoff series the of spin-off the royal family, yes, yes, um, <laughs> the, Harry the, and Meghan, yeah, and when we're talking about the royal family, we're actually talking about a royal family and not like the Kardashians or American royalty. Or, yeah, I say Jay-Z, that with Beyonce. quotes. Right. She's the real queen. Right. Uh, she's the queen bee. Go queen bee. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or Lord would say she's the queen bee. Lord, Lord was the person who oh, walked so that yeah. Billie Eilish could run. Yes. Oh, 100%. Where is Lord? I don't know. Is she coming well, out with an album soon? She has to, right? Like, we're, we should be due for this avalanche of should. art. I, yeah, they, if everyone's been quarantined, they should. I'm going to make. Here's my first, first hot take. First of all, oh. I'm going to interrupt you real quick oh. before your hot take. Let's see if you, your hot take and my hot take are the same. This is part of your 81 here, right? No, this has nothing to do with. You said that was had to do with my rankings and things. So <laughs> this is not had to do with that. Okay. Taylor Swift T-Swifty. is setting the standard Jeez. of yeah. using your quarantine time wisely. Quarantine and just mm-hmm. she had two albums. It, beyond and then making these playlists and I, it's insane like her output as an artist is awesome and, and maybe it's because of working with um what's his name from the national oh i can't remember i don't know, I know. The, what, the, uh justin vernon uh, well that's the bon Iver oh, guy bon but um <clears throat> working with aaron desner that's right aaron, aaron desner sorkin the, no <laughs> no um from the national I, I don't know if those people just were just 
the creative stuff was just going. I don't mm. think they hung out in person. I think this was all done postal service style oh, where they, they were would... sending things back and forth yes. and just like, come on, people. I want some art. I want some albums. I want yes. Sufjan Stevens. Where are the rest no. of my albums? I mean, you would think this kind of environment would be perfect for Sufjan to release. Tons well, yeah. Of them. Where Where are the rest of the state project Where have all the cowboys gone? I, I want to hear your <laughs> your West Virginia album, Sufjan. West Virginia. I know that's the name of the song, but one of my friend's had said, what's that song called West Virginia? And I go, what? And or, she sang it. Mountain Mama. <laughs> you know that one song, Mountain Mama? <laughs> no, it's, no, Country Roads, boo-boo. Country, yes. She, um, I, I corrected her uh, with 81% empathy <laughs> and 19% <laughs> male toxic rage. masculinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just male rage mm-hmm. with the male gaze. I mean, I guess if it's only 19%, it might get diluted within that 81% and everyone's still kind of okay? I think so. I mean, Anyway, it, what was your hot take? I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Um, I am not one of those that lost the creative drive last year. Mm-hmm. There was some, oh, I can barely turn on my computer to create. Yeah, I feel, I'm sure there are people that way. I just, I'm not that way. So to hear someone like, I think Billie Eilish on her documentary. I haven't watched that. Some, it's really, on my it's, slate for this week when I finish Billions. She said that they're working on an album, I think. Or maybe, a, no, no, no. You know, I was listening to Smart List. She was on a podcast, her and Phineas. But um, I'm just, I found myself every bit as creative as normal last year. I just was lazy. But, you know, I'm inside the house all the time anyway. So Well, here's my, qu- here's my, I guess, a follow-up question to that is how do you, what is the format that you do most of your creating on? My um, computer. Right. Oh, yeah. So for a lot of people, mm, mm. me particular, right, yes. you know, there was wall after wall after wall after wall because I'm not used to doing the thing in front of a computer or, mm-hmm. you know, like carrying it downstairs to set it up on the trunk of my car so I can teach flag spins with body out in the driveway and not get hit by a car in my apartment complex. It's true. You know, all true. of that communication we rely like personally I rely on the energy of the room and the eye contact and all and it's like I can't even see I'm just like talking to myself I felt like I was having a psychotic break with every single group class I was teaching in the virtual time because I'm just like standing outside or (laughs) standing in my house and like you you on zoom and my fellow people that my dance and color guard folks that do this you're you're standing there and you have your feed on spotlight so you can see what the kids are seeing so it's like i would have my ipad set up to do my video feed because the camera is way better than my laptop and then i have my laptop set up where i can see so i can make sure i'm on the screen and everything is being efficient but you can't see the kids i'm just like okay it's kind like i kind of see their arms okay it looks like they kind of tossed at the same time is it's like I, i'm just talking to myself i'm spinning saber in my parking lot just talking to myself and cheering them on it's like i just this is the definition of insanity if somebody mm-hmm. were to walk by and not really know what was happening it's true yeah i probably would have been gently gently taken away from the place i was standing maybe it's for the best but, maybe it's for the best. <laughs> but that, it hit so many it hit so many walls where i think you know the drill folks and the music folks music arrangers and writers mm-hmm. you know you all were like wow i've got like free time and it's true it's kind of a where little bit a go? little bit less of an abrupt change yes to that program versus the yes. the yes. hands-on you're correct education people you're correct you're cr- now we didn't talk about this last year. Yeah. Benjamin Q. Potts. Mm-hmm. 
He said that you were very excited because uh, an establishment opened up right next door to your apartment <gasps> complex. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it just came came to me because you were talking about being in your part your parking this lot. This and this, and, I, and explain to why it's this a big deal. event events that I'm about to talk about okay. would have changed. I think the whole beginning of the pandemic because my favorite gas station in the whole wide world, Quick Trip, <laughs> which we would call the QT. The QT. That's right. Um, and if you don't know about Quick Trip, I don't. It is. It started in Atlanta, Hotlanta. So that was where I had my first Quick Trip experiences in 2005. I was marching an Independent World Guard in Atlanta called right. Ad Astra Prospera. Ah, yes. And every day we would go by the Quick Trip on mm-hmm. the way to rehearsal, and sometimes in the middle of the day, and sometimes at the end of the day. Okay. And we would get taquitos. Okay. And black cherry, like the icy smooth. It's like not a smoothie, but like an icy black cherry. Mm. Okay. And those quick trips, those are great. Those are the original ones are kind are awesome. Kind of like when you go to the original Chick-fil-A, if you partake in the Chick-fil-A, mm. you know, it's fine. Sure. And then the more it grows, the more it gets better. So the oh. quick trips we have in Texas and yes. the ones I've seen in, in traveling around the Southeast, first of all, the cleanest bathrooms you'll ever see in your entire life. Whoa, whoa. That's that you're throwing down the gauntlet because there's our beloved Bucky's. I, I, Bucky's is not a gas station. Okay. If you're, Bucky's is a theme park. Okay. I'll, I'll, I will allow you. There's gas there. That's fine. Yeah, but yeah. would you call Costco a gas station? No. Would you call Walmart a gas station? Oh, no. This is where, oh, is this is, this is how okay. I categorize right. Bucky's. So saying Quick Trip and 7-Eleven, Tiger Tote, those are all. Those are gas stations. Those are convenience go, stores, yeah. gas stations. I'm just going to let that one. That's exactly what it's called. Fly right by. I know. People, I know. You, all you people out there know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Quick Trip is a gas station. Bucky's is okay. not. It's Disneyland. Cleanest bathrooms. All right. A g- amazing selection of snacks and drink more drinks. They have two full walls of Ooh. cold drinks. Okay. They have order food. You can order a pizza while you're pumping your gas or a sandwich or whatever. You order it through the uh, gas pump machine. You cannot order it through the gas pump, but you can order it through the app. Oh. But my favorite oh. favorite part about Quick Trip, the very reason why you're is excited. that you will not stand in line at a Quick Trip. <gasps> they are the fastest line managers you know when you're at walmart at christmas time and there's three lines open and the lines are to the back of the store and no one seems to be really fired up about shortening those lines i think that's every day at walmart but you know continue at christmas time it's even more (laughs) enraging but no one seems to be really passionate about you know your experience as the consumer in line they're just kind of like walk by and are like counting and they're like oh (laughs) <laughs> Susan's got 42 people in line. That was a new record for this store. At Quick Trip, if there are three people in line, someone appears from somewhere oh. and goes to the register. They can work both sides. They are cashing out two people at the same time. Oh. And it is the most efficient, pleasant experience you can ever have at a gas station. Wow. I'm, I'm, I need to go check out this this QT. So one opened up. Yes. On my corner. Yes. Even more outrageous is that the parking lot of my apartment complex connects <laughs> to the quick trip. So to get in or out, really to get out, you have to basically drive through like a corner of my apartment complex. So I can walk unimpeded really? wow. without stepping on any vegetation or wildlife yes. to a quick trip. Also, they have the cheapest gas. That's another huge benefit. The cheapest gas. And this is why I fell in love with quick trip is because at the time I was driving a Nissan Xterra. Yes. Which is my probably my favorite car I've ever had, but that car 
just killed gas, like killed insane, gas. insane amounts of gas. And driving from South Carolina to Atlanta was, it's like, oh, I can fill up on a quick trip and it'll be cheap. Wow, so that's good. It. I'm excited that you're excited. You, I, mm. You've never spoke so passionately about anything. <laughs> gas station. Like you did about <laughs> quick trip, the QT. I love QT. I can't, I'm not going to lie. I can't hide my feelings. Wow. Well, you, you've just uh, you've let it, it, it all out there. You've let it all out. You've let it all out. Um, oh my gosh, I love So that. you haven't seen the Billie Eilish documentary? I have not seen because I'm still... So we talked last week about TV shows that we were watching, and I was talking about watching Billions. I had just started watching William Billion. William it's, Billion Pitts. Um, namesake show. Yes. I had just started it last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not aware that there were five seasons of it. And this is... <laughs> well, this is a show that has like an hour-long episode. Right. The first season had... A lot of episodes. Uh-huh. The second one went by fast. I think I'm halfway through season three. Okay. So I'm kind of halfway through the series, mm-hmm. which I cannot recommend it enough. It's good. really, really good. Um, awesome. There is a, a Sorkin that's a writer, a producer on it. I don't think it's. I don't, so think, I don't think. I don't think they're related. Not, they're not related. I think that Sorkin guy was actually in Wall Street, if I remember correctly, and we could oh. easily look it up. But yeah. We don't. I don't. Um. Yes, it's a, it's a fun show. It's good. And uh, Wendy, is that her name? Wendy? Yes, Wendy oh, Rhodes. Wendy, Wendy Rhodes. She has some fabulous outfits. That's for sure. In season two, she's got this purple, like this high-collared, asymmetric coat. I'm like, Oof, yeah, I want that coat. She's really rocking. Bad. Yeah. She's rocking. It's sort of like Claire Underwood. Her fashions oh. are based around, I feel like they're based around that sort of Claire Underwood yeah. psyche because they both are very similar in terms mm-hmm. of their personality traits and their domineering yeah. tactics. So yes. I think that those outfits, because Claire Underwood also had those like uh, contrast zippers on her dresses. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember. This is I do enjoy really the show, and I like fashion. Something small. We but... used to be a part of the uh, number one rated DCI and fashion related yeah. uh, show on Flow Marching. Maybe this could be the the indoor or oh, pageant. I don't know. Uh, I this don't is know. a hodgepodge because that was DCI. We, that was, we talk about everything we, on this. We pretty much, you know, it's a yes. Yeah, <laughs> everything. Everything has fashion. Well, you have to have a certain build and bone structure, like Maggie Sid. Mm-hmm. Who Maggie mm-hmm. Siff, yes. is that her name? Yes. She plays Wendy Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And then Robin Wright, who plays mm-hmm. Claire Underwood. They're both very similarly constructed. Yes. Yeah. Um, it would be so. interesting to see um, Wendy with blonde hair. Does mm-hmm. she ever have blonde hair? Have you watched the whole I've, series? I haven't watched the last season. My wife has. I don't know. She. I don't know if she's dipped into cosplay I don't, yeah, I don't or anything know. like I've, that. I don't know. She's rocking. They're all they're all in like a hot mess express of life at all times. I'm just waiting for one of some of them, one of them to like do something with their hair because True. Yeah. we're in the midst of Laura and Bobby getting divorced. Right okay, now. that's where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right in where I'm like two episodes after spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> it's been out like for four or five years. It's fine. So, yeah. It has four. You've passed. Where they've uh, helicoptered in the boys to the little league because he couldn't bring them in. That's and they're like right. all arguing about the the fees yeah. for her account it's yeah yeah well she she was a wasted character i don't think they knew what to do with her yeah there was like little brilliant where she would like manipulate people to help things out i'm like okay she's kind of an evil mastermind behind this like, yep. it's clear that the two of them are a team and she kind of takes care of the things that he doesn't want to take care of mm-hmm. and he just goes and like makes the money and buys the maseratis and things yeah and then she just sort of like yeah. The one little thing, and then it was done. And I'm like, yeah, oh, oh. lazy writing. Did she? Well, or she just did she just not want to be on the show anymore? I don't know. I don't know what she's also. Mal- I don't know. Malin Ackerman. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else she's done. Demid been doing. I feel like she was in an Adam Sandler movie, but I might be confusing her with somebody else. Drew Barrymore. Which, well, no. Uh, there's every Adam Sandler movie has a blonde. It's true. It's was true. she? The, was 
she was not the mom in Big Daddy, right? No, that was Joey Jul- Lawrence Adams. Oh, yeah. John yeah. Stewart's girlfriend, right? Yeah. And he always talked yeah. about her working at Hooters yeah. or yes. something. Yes, yes. Uh, the last Adam Sandler movie with uh, with his stereotypical girl was uh, that I saw was Just Go With It. Brooklyn Decker, Jennifer Aniston. I haven't watched. Oh, she was a co-ed in Caleb's apartment in the 2000 blockbuster The Skulls. Do you remember that movie? No. You don't remember The Skulls? No. Oh, dang. I'm well, older than you. <laughs> so um, a little. I want to. I want to ask you. You know, last time we talked about. Um, Color Guard Twitter, Color Guard Facebook. Yeah. And there was another thing I came across this Uh-oh. week, and I wanted to ask you about it Uh-oh. as a Color Guard person. Yeah. Um, there was a uh, what a person posted, it. The, the director of said group posted about a judge who had misgendered a student. Oh, yes. Um, in the wrap-up. Yeah. And I guess just kept using the incorrect pronoun and... I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if it's a male identifying. I don't know what the situation. Right. Is. I don't I either. Yeah. This person was misgendered, mm-hmm. and the, the director treated it as an op- as a learning opportunity yeah. for the judge, who seemed to be very welcoming of the criticism or you know the, the the conversation. Yeah. And in the post, the director said that he. I think it's a he. The director. I'm not sure. The director talked to that student, played it for the student, and I guess mentioned that they wanted to play this for the ensemble. And I actually received a few messages privately from people that are like, there's no way I would have ever played that for my student. I mean, played that for the ensemble. Like, it seems like, that, you know, if that was my kid, like personal kid, I would raise heck and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I'm curious, Jennifer yeah. Barton, um, understanding that we're just going off of what this person posted. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that whole situation? Not because, not, not for the judge, I'm more like... The director po- played the recording for the kid yeah. and played it for the ensemble. And he says, and I could see the kid cringing or something like yeah. every time they were misgendered. So doesn't it seem, I don't know, what, what's your opinion well, as a director? You know, I, and I have those two hats. I have the judge hat and I have the director hat as well. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm in the early phases of, of the judging process and career, but I do both of those things. And reading through that, um, you know, we, we see, especially around this time of year as, Shows are in the early season phase and and judges have, it's their first read. Mm -hmm. It's difficult sometimes to get the language out correctly. And um, we're all sort of exploring and trying to find the the verbiage patterns, you know, and from a judging perspective, everyone's just getting started in this virtual world. I know we're doing, I think that this tape was coming from an in-person show. So um, from what I recall, this was coming from an in-person competition. Um, I don't quote me on that one, but I think it was in-person. Um, and on that side of things, you know, you, it, the language that we use as adjudicators is kind of constantly evolving where Mm -hmm. we used to say in the color guard world, we used to say, oh, they're using the triad form body and equipment. They're using the triad. And then we've developed that into saying choreographic totality. And then we stopped talking about transitions being functional and we've talked in in a negative way. Um, Hopefully I know (laughs) <laughs> I, I think that there's been some commentary on Color Guard Facebook here today about functional transitions. And we talked about transition versus development, where right. one is the more like strip your flag and march an eight to five to the end zone and set it down. And a development is you've got choreography or you have some sort of detail or nuance that connects the phrases. Okay. Um, and so this the the gender terms conversation is one that we all have to really be open to and not just judges but mm-hmm. educators too um it's it's such a new thing for everyone not just in education but like in the world of being 
open and receptive to having those conversations. Now, in this specific situation, as a director, mm-hmm. I would never cold play, cold dash play, <laughs> not Chris Martin, fix you cold no. play. I would never play a judge's tape for students without listening to it first. Sure, yeah. Um, that, and, and I don't know if that's the case here, but if if that was a if that was a like a and a, a I haven't listened to it we're going to listen to it all together right that I'm not sure if that's going to be the most educationally sound process because you have no idea what they're going to say they could just talk about how you shouldn't be wearing the costume that you're wearing or they should be just fixated on how the prop isn't the right color the whole time or whatever like right. you have no yeah. idea what they're talking about mm-hmm. so you know previewing and pre-screening is really important and now in this situation if you've listened to it and you know, and you hear, I'm not sure it's appropriate to play that for anyone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at all. Parents, uh, maybe your boss to say, hey, I need, I need you to listen to this because I'm getting ready to reach out to the circuit and to the judges association to have mm-hmm. this conversation. And I, I, I would always, as the color guard director, if I'm not the headband director, as right. the color guard director, I'm going to be going to my headband director to be like, hey, just so you know, I'm going to be approaching kind of a political hot button with <laughs> our circuit. Yeah. And I need you to know what I'm going to say. And we need to be kind of on the same page with this. Like, we need to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it might it might be worth to talk to the student. Um <sighs> Without seeing videos, you can't, I don't, I don't know how to evaluate or, or give my full opinion because mm-hmm. sometimes, number one, groups have unisex costuming sure. and you, you, the line between mm-hmm. the different genders um, is hard to see. Or with the, uh, the creative freedom that students have so much now, mm-hmm. they're, ex- they're exploring, they're allowing themselves to take chances, there are people with shaved heads and undercuts and this color and that color and different styles of clothing. And, and sometimes they wear, if they have, I'm using air quotes right now, internet, gendered costumes, right. you know, they allow the students to choose the one that they feel most comfortable in. And I, I've had, I've had, female students choose to wear the male costume because that's what they were the most comfortable and they didn't want to wear a dress. They wanted to wear the the pants outfit or, or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we do have a a responsibility to think about, we should know our kids. Yeah. We shouldn't have a question about who they are or what they identify as or what they want to be referred to. And if, you know, we make, I've made a mistake a few times uh, of using the improper pronouns and then one, one conversation, you can see the look, you can see the face. Right. Yeah. And then that's a private conversation that you pull out and go, okay, what do you, how can I, how can I give you the utmost respect and consideration into who you are as a Mm -hmm, human? mm -hmm. But with the judges tape, I, you know, I don't think that there's any way. And I think the person that wrote this post said that they didn't mean it maliciously. They weren't doing it on purpose. Right. Yeah. You're just, you're watching a four minute show and there's so many thoughts in your brain. And sometimes you just deviate down to the easiest answer. And, you know, like. I've said young lady or young man so many times on a judge's tape. And and I loved the point where they were talking about, you know, using these terms. And I've been trying, you know, we've all been, I think, developing our language with our students of mm-hmm. how we refer to them. You know, I'll say friends or, hey, rock stars or, yes. hey, pumpkins or, hey, kumquats mm. or, oh. hey, whatever. Like, you can... Amazing human beings, yeah, cats and kittens, whatever. You know, you can use all sorts of terminology. And I think that we as judges can do that as well. Like just refer to them as their role, the rifle soloist, mm-hmm. the saber section, you know, that killer dance soloist mm. instead of thinking about the 
the human terms, it keeps us all a little bit more on the respectful side, I guess, to just maybe refer to the roles. But yeah, playing that, I listening to it in a, if I was that student listening to it with a group of people and kind of going through that would be a little, I don't know. I would feel a little, Right. In the spotlight in not a great way. Sure. And, and and the person posted, yes, I pre-listened to the tapes and spoke with the student before playing them for the team. He knew it was coming and he chose to hear it for the sake of the team being able to hear the commentary. Um, hmm. Yeah. So, but, you know, and we, we don't know the context of any of the conversation or much less what right. was on the, the tape and there's stuff. There's no context. I just, <laughs> I just know that, you know, based on what we're presented, yeah. the info, it would be very much like, like, it's like when you ask a student, are you okay with that? Most of the time they say yes, right? Or does everyone understand? No one wants to say no. And this goes, it connects into the mask thing too, where, you know, we as directors are being entrusted to make these decisions. And yes, we should have those conversations with the students. Yes, Mm -hmm. they should have had that conversation with the student in question. And yes, we can have the conversations because I'm sure that we all have students that have families that do not as soon as the mask mandate is lifted, they're not going to wear them anymore. And then we also have families that are going to be wearing masks until 2022. And that gamut that we have as directors, we are kind of charged with making those choices. Um, You know, the students maybe don't have the full picture of Mm -hmm. that scenario and they may not understand. And, you know, and if, even if they're fine with it, is their best friend fine with it? Right. You know, if it was my best friend in question and I had to listen to it over and over again, mama lion would be coming out. In in me, mm-hmm. in in protection of my friend to make sure that they're okay. And even if they said they were okay, sometimes it's not okay. Um, you know, we, we are entrusted with making these decisions with everybody in mind, not just maybe the people in question. But again, that more, that more conservative side of things, not big C conservative, but considerate conservative of right. the situations that we're in, you know, maybe, maybe not the super best move, but I think everything else about the situation was just spot on of having the conversation with the student, with the judges, um, and, and hopefully with their circuit as well to make sure that that's considerate when we're, and that, that should go all the way up to the training level. That should be going all the way up to the top and the, the conversations, whether with national judges or local judges, we all should be affirming of everyone in our vocabulary and language that we use. That's correct. I agree with you. Well, and it wasn't like we disagree with any of this right, stuff. Right, right. No, like, just that, that you, playing it for the team. I don't know. But I, again, we have no idea other than what we were yeah, presented right. on there. I, yes. To me, it would it would be the e- maybe you know, it's the easy way out. It's like, okay, let me just, I mean, they're digital. You can download it. Just cut 15 seconds out of it and just... The kids aren't going to be the wiser other than the person. Well, and two, like there, are, um, I, I don't play very many tapes for the students. Mm. Um, first of all, because then it starts, it tumbles into the conversation of like, what do they mean when they say horizontal orchestration? And then I'm like, well, <laughs> sit down, kids. This class period is gone. <laughs> yeah, they, exactly. they, You know, the verbiage is is sometimes over their heads. And, and I think that I, I, I do a lot of conversations about the sheets and explaining, especially when we get into like show design uh situations and I know lots of lots of colored art people do this too of like the create your own show. Mm-hmm. We talk about the sheets too and um it's still it's still we're all learning. I'm sure you think about this all the time. I'm like I have to study my sheets every single time before that I judge correct. just to make sure I have all the content in my brain. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a lot. So the the tapes that I do decide to share are ones that are are very evocative for the students. So it's maybe a little bit less of 
you know, like shake up the boggle, the boggle bubble and the words fall out and yeah. it's more real talk to so the students know yeah. or are there or there it's super positive or super negative sometimes be like yeah. hey let's take a listen to this and i want you to mark down on a piece of paper every time this person says something i have said in rehearsal <laughs> and it's like oh right yeah oh, oh yeah. got it but it's it's not a weekly it's maybe one or two times a year mm-hmm. a season mm-hmm. that i'll play a tape because the rest of it, it's not it's not necessarily for the kids. It's true. It's it's more for the adults, and, and not that we should be gatekeepers of information, right? But again, it's like reading something that, you, like, I, if I'm reading something in Italian, I could maybe get a few <laughs> words out of it that we've borrowed in English from the Romance languages, or yes. that I can extrapolate from knowing a little bit of French. But the rest of the time, I'm just like, okay. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but it sure sounds pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it's like Michael Rayford at at the uh, Woodlands contest every year. He goes, "This this 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 tape is not for students. It's for designers and staff members yeah, only." Yeah, which is great. Like yeah. I love when people say that. It's like, or you know, you get to the wrap up and you're like, "If you're playing this for the students, go ahead and pause it." Yeah. Because we need to have a real, a little real, a real chat. Yeah. And hopefully you're going to come into critique because I want to have this conversation with you in person. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's pretty rare. I was going to say, those that's color pretty, tapes are like? Pretty Holy rare. Uh, there's been a couple. Oh, where there, I Jeez, yeah, y'all are catty. No, we just want the best, oh, right? I, you want to be affirming for everybody. You're right. Percussion don't want the best or want to be affirming for him. That's why we don't do such <laughs> things like that. I guess we have some things to yeah, learn from the Maybe that people. 19% could learn a little yeah. bit from that 81%. That's true. Are you trying to insinuate that percussion judges are mainly per, <laughs> per, uh, men? Because I can only name like a handful of female. I need to in, insinuate. I think that's... Well, okay, we won't go into that because I, I want to judge WGI again one day. So um, <laughs> you, you mentioned something Me and so I pulled it up. Uh, Mr. Randy Nelson... Yes. Yes. That's what I was talking to about uh, the. Uh, he posted, he says it's his yearly rant, and this is on his public Facebook page, so hopefully it's not a big deal. But he says, yes, everything is functional in a guard show. It all functions in some manner. Jenny B, as someone who's not a guard person yeah. or a guard judge, I imagine somebody on some tapes have said something like, that is too functional or nothing but functional. Explain how this is a big deal to, to people. Well, it's, it's words. <laughs> yeah, um, thank you I for mean, acknowledging. I mean, it's words. And as we grow, well, I've been just gobsmacked over the last few years about the color guard activity and the things that students are capable of doing. Um, I mean, watching (laughs) Designs by King posted this video of uh, one of the Center Grove rifles doing a toss and then like a back handspring underneath it. I'm just like, I'm so glad I came up in the activity when I did because I would (laughs) not make it out of the middle school color guard with the skills one. Some like Palm Palm Desert, I wouldn't even make that middle school color guard. They are insane. But um, as everything develops and grows and the skills and the artistry, I mean, it's just in it's really mind boggling Mm -hmm. at the level that we are designing and performing at. Right. So we have increased the technological capabilities of props, whether it's lighting things up or moving them around robotically or, or TV screens everywhere or projectors. You know, there's so much that's that's improving at an exponential rate mm-hmm. that when you're talking about just the, the basic infrastructure of staging design, those transitions, whether it is from effect to effect mm-hmm. or to deposit and retrieve equipment, if those things aren't treated with care where you're just like you do, let's say you're doing like this little weapon feature and you do a weapon block and like you 
you have feet and it's all intricate and you're moving around and all these great tosses and the layering is awesome. And then you finish that moment and then they put their equipment into tuck, like they tuck it under their arm and just like jazz run over to the sideline. That's when they would call it functional where it's like you just stop the, you stop the, the artistic or the flow, you stop the flow of the show to like go pick something up and then come back on. And it's just, it's equivalent to sort of, performing as if you're off stage you know when you get behind the curtain how uh you look off stage is sort of that function thing and so the language has sort of developed a little bit i can't believe i use the word developed has evolved into talking about transitions being more developed and that is you do the feature and you don't just put it into tuck or if you do you do a little turn and Mm -hmm. you do a little arm and you roll into the ground and then you pick it up or you're setting down a rifle to do a dance phrase and Mm -hmm. you go to your spot and you you do a cartwheel and you set down your rifle while doing the cartwheel and then immediately start dancing Uh so every the length of phrase continues on and on and on that's what they want that's that's what they want. I see. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have the if if the transitions aren't viewed as having the same level of detail or nuance or whatever, then that the f word is dropped on you. <laughs> oh my and gosh. it's it to me, I think that's a, a a tool that's that some judges use to like help demarcate in your mind of between groups. So if you watch group A and they, the sabers come to the front and they all roll into the ground and then they do a handstand inversion and then get up and start dancing. You're like, okay, they set down that equipment and it was part of the phrase and they just kept going there. Mm -hmm. There was no, they could have just as easily kept the saber in their hand and kept going, but they deposited it through the phrase. Okay. Mature, detailed, clear versus group B that like, marched to the front sideline at flat uh and set it down and stood up and gave a salute and then started doing something else. Oh, I've seen that before. (laughs) I mean, the salute was just a little stylistic thing I threw in there. But, you know, looking at those two things, if if we're comparing apples to apples and they spin the same, they toss the same, they move the same, the shows are the same. If you're looking for a delineating factor between groups, you're going to go, okay, well, group A had these great developments and then group B had the functional transitions. Yes, everything functions. That's the point. If if you have kids running into each other, then it's not functioning. You know what I mean? Like you, the the non functional side of color guard is epic disaster. Right. It's just the art. I think it's the art use of the word functional has become an easy catch all phrase to just if you if it's not clean or it's not good or you don't like it or it's unfinished. Mm-hmm. It's an easy catch all paintbrush to say, oh well, this isn't functional. Instead of okay, this moment clearly is not choreographed. So we get to work on developing, you know, giving the proper feedback, I guess, with the criteria. But I'm a feedback judge, so I don't – it's a little bit less of, like, commenting on the criteria, but it's more of, like, okay, you've done all these great things, mm-hmm. and this moment sticks out. Mm. Say, okay, this this isn't done yet. It's, right. it's incomplete. Oh. Not necessarily functional. It might be incomplete. Gotcha. The, ver- the verbiage of judging. Yes. Yes. So- <laughs> So, but and someone they were they were joking in the comment section about it. It's it's like saying pedestrian, utilitarian. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just like you didn't know what to do, so you mm-hmm. said come to the front and drop your flag mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have those issues in percussion mm-hmm. when they take their drums off oh or gosh. put them on. I know. Yeah. What do you say when that happens? But you have to, right? Because you have to move. Yeah, you, and, and you know, they typically, and this is like in the A class, or the, you know, they go to the back and they lift it up. They they think marching by, band ballet. Yeah, they in walk the back. to the back and the, and they. <laughs> 
the way they coordinate it is like, okay, everyone up on one, like they do it uh-huh. all together. Down and it's like, left knee. it's like, yeah, that it works. I said, but all I did was stare at everyone picking up their carrier in the very back while you have these soloists. I said, is what there, what else are you going to do? Well, there's, there's other ways to do it. How? So try to be less distracting. I guess in a ripple. See, I, I said, you know, like if it's a water, like there's so many, you know, like if it's yeah. a water show, do a ripple. Do a ripple a that contagion, draws. Contagion, like, you know, something like that. goes to the next soloist or something yes. along those lines. Yeah, but I have used. Were there props? I haven't used the could word functional the before. Props? They could. We don't have props anymore. We don't, we just drum. Oh. No, I, I don't know. I've used pedestrian and utility. Yeah. I've never used functional, but now I'm going to. But I hope they get the joke <laughs> that it's more like, hey, I'm making fun of color guard tapes, everybody. Wink, wink. Wink. And then I'm going to go, if you're playing this out loud, you should pause this now because oh you my and I gosh, need sassy. to have a talk. All right, sassy pants. Hey, so speaking of color guard. Yeah. Or indoor winter color guard. Indoor winter. Indoor, indoor winter flag twirling That's association. Right. This, this past weekend was WGI virtual season week two. two. Yes, week yeah. two, um, which was similar to week one, right? Because it's guards yeah, still. Yeah. Not- well, it's all, it's winds and oh, percussion yeah. and yeah. guard. Um, and it's all the, it's the competitive, non-competitive and e-showcase. So there's the three different. What's the difference between non-competitive and e-showcase? non mm, that's a good question. Thank you. I think non-competitive has to follow the same sort of rules as the competitive. So it's the one take. Um, E-showcase is the multiple. Like you can have it edited with different video feeds okay, and things like okay. that. So it's like one. one sh- so I, I don't know. Did Keith post this about... Was Center Grove compete, not competing last week? So, and I this had to ask this mater. question. Yes, I had to ask this question too. Because first of all, when you can catch them... You should catch them because it is insane. Oh, um, okay. Insane. Those, right. the kids are in the sh- it, stunning. Okay. Very stunning. Uh, it's been really awesome to watch Center Grove get back up into that yearly perennial medal contention status um, that they had back in those great battles with, with um, James Logan and with Bishop Kearney back in the 90s that mm. just like... Man, that was some cool stuff, and it's really awesome to see them back up in that medal contention again. They, it's they've been fantastic. There's never been a time where it's like, eh, well, but going, you know, through the through the waves and the phases over time, you know, you're looking at Center Grove, Miamisburg, some of those teams that are just like have been perennial Scholastic World finalists. Sure, seeing Center Grove back up in the top is really really great, um, and the show's just beautiful and stunning so as i was doing um, my nerd out the last 24 hours since the awards happened um i was i have collaborated through all the the uh, the regional a a open and world in the scholastic classes so we're going to talk more about the scholastic classes this week and we can talk about independent later but if you want um i was getting the so the first two weeks are done. So now we have our first round of semifinalists. Okay. So that semifinals A is fully stocked with the correct color guards and the correct classes for this first half of the competition. Yes. And I was looking at world class and I was like, why is Center Grove not on here? I was oh, like, because no. it only has three Lake Central, Northview, and the Woodlands are the only three scholastic worlds in the first half of semifinals. Oh, now, at the end of the day, there are actually only... 13 Scholastic World programs that are doing anything. Gotcha. And so Center Grove is doing e-showcase. Fishers is doing e-showcase. Plymouth Canton is doing non-compete. Okay. So there are three that are not doing the competitive side of things. So there's only 10. Mm -hmm. And at this time, um, the three that have competed are the three 
three that are in semifinals. Gotcha. And they're going to take, in the world class, uh, they're going to take 100% of the entries as long as they meet a minimum rating. Mm. Minimum. Yes, minimum, because we're doing golf rules this time. Um, oh, Okay. Or maximum. Maximum. They have to have, have to an hit a overall points of like 25 or less or something. Like okay. It's either 25 or 27. Okay. Um, the lowest number you can get is nine, I think. Okay. So they have to, you have to hit a threshold to make finals, just like it is in open class and world class. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a regional or a finals, whatever, if you're progressing through a competition, mm-hmm. the open class and world class, you have to, in a normal, regular year, typical year, you have to hit a minimum score. So if there are, let's say that there's four scholastic open color guards at a regional, all four of them will make it. They won't cut anybody. But if you score below a 71, mm-hmm. you don't get to go on. Mm. And that's sort of what's hap- what would happen with the scholastic world class uh, or the in- the independent and scholastic and i think open too you have to meet a certain points evaluation threshold to be able to move on gotcha right now all of the scholastic world guards have done that and i'm not sure if that's what's going on with scholastic open too um I guess, are we segueing into me well, talking I, about nerd stuff? Well, you haven't addressed my question oh, here. So, so Center Grove was an e-showcase. Okay, but then Keith said, we will be in group competitive division for the rest of the season. Cool. So then in three and four, they will be eligible gotcha. to make semifinals. Beat. I just didn't know if they were like, eh, let's just play around or if they just wanted to do it. I, I didn't see the show, so I have no idea yeah. what, what. So it looks like they were just playing around for the first two weeks and then they're going to. Gonna... just doing a, doing maybe for recruiting. They were making the multi-cut video because this is prime recruiting prep time now mm-hmm, that maybe mm-hmm. they just were using the show for the first weeks to be a tool for other multimedia projects. And now they're going to get into the competitive thing, but yeah, they, they are definitely signed up for um, week three and week four gotcha. in the competitive okay. side. Well, thank you yeah. for finally clarifying. Sorry. You just, are you rambling? You obviously want to talk about, co- so um, <laughs> lead us. I don't even know what we're doing now. So I don't uh, know what we're doing now. Lead us. Where are we going? Well, we can work back from that into the scholastic open class, which okay. is um, a class that I was in for a while. And um, oddly, it always seems to be, we talk about Scholastic A being a bloodbath and vicious, but um, I think the the paradigm for what Scholastic A is is a little bit more clear to everybody in the Scholastic Open class. Maybe not so much, not so much clear if, if you're an A-plus guard or a world-minus guard or you're just an open-class guard or is it skills, is it design, is it – there's all these questions, all these sure, all sure. these questions to ask. And every year it's a little different. So, you know, you look at the previous year's medalists and you say, okay, is this A-plus or is this world-minus or is this some sort of thing in between? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so with the Scholastic Open, in the progression rules, says 75% of the Scholastic Open color guards will progress – so the target maximum for the open class each week is 15 units. Mm-hmm. And if we're talking 75%, 15 units, the first week of competition, week one, um, every guard made semifinals. So there were four that got an excellent. The rest of them did not get a rating. So no open class guards got a superior week one. So they didn't advance? They all advanced. Oh, they all advanced. They gotcha. met the they they met the threshold. So one there were three, six, there were eight. So eight groups made it in from week one. And then in week two, there were seventeen new groups that were eligible to make semifinals, and they all made it. So every right. group there, there was only one, two, three, four, five, six groups that did not get a rating of superior excellent, okay. but they all 
moved on. Um, and that did include two promotions from Scholastic A. So James E. Taylor uh, from Katy, Texas, Katy, Texas, and Noblesville High School from Noblesville, Indiana. They both were promoted. Um, oh, and East Lincoln as well. East Lincoln was promoted um, from the Scholastic A class from North Carolina. Um, and oh, but yeah. all There's of East Lincoln, mm-hmm, yes. they all three of those promoted guards uh, had made semi well East Lincoln. This was East Lincoln's first weekend to compete. Mm-hmm. So they were promoted after submitting their video on Tuesday. Okay. And through the virtual judging process, the judges decided to promote them into the open class for competition this weekend. They submitted in Scholastic A, but then competed in open. And then all of those new guards made it on. So James E. Taylor was what? They were Scholastic A in week one, and they made semifinals in Scholastic A. So I'm looking on the website. Yeah. And oh, this is week two group competitive scores. I'm not, they didn't mm-hmm. compete. Right. Okay. Is there a list online that I can follow along that says who the semifinalists are? Yes. If you go to WGI.org. I will. And you can click on Color Guard. Thank you. For all of us at home that are doing the same thing. 2021 events. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, am I thing refreshed and it shouldn't have? Or should it be scored? Current entries. Oh, current entries. All right. This is very exciting. And then if you go to the bottom of that list, you should see semifinals A. Color Guard Group semifinals. Oh, A. there we go! Wow. So, um, Noblesville, James E. Taylor were automatically put into open class semifinals, and then East Lincoln earned their spot through competing in week two. Wow! Holy smokes! Okay. But the point, my my, the interesting fact to me mm-hmm. is that a hundred percent of the Scholastic Open teams have been moved on into the semifinals with two weeks left. Mm-hmm. So at this point, we have seen um, 31 groups, I think. All right. There is a total of 39 unique Scholastic Open ensembles. So in week three, there are 12 new teams that are coming out. So week three, and you're going to see this in Scholastic A, uh, Regional A too, and Open. You're going to see a lot of teams adding in in week three simply because and a lot of texas teams for sure because we are sort of behind a week here because right. of the snowpocalypse mm-hmm. um and uh they're well there's from all over too there's some from indiana i see some from minnesota oklahoma uh, mililani from hawaii is yes. on the list in week three which is exciting um so there's 12 new groups uh that have not competed or progressed into semifinals. And then the last week for Scholastic Open, there are three new groups. So there are 15 groups still left to see. We've seen 24 and all of them have moved on so far. So it'll be interesting to see if these week three and four groups, if they're taking 75% or if they're taking 100, Mm -hmm. are some of these teams not going to even have a chance Oh, because they've already loaded up too highly at the beginning? Because right now we're at 62% have already been, 62% of overall competing units have already been put into semifinals. Oh. So does that mean that this semifinals B, I don't know how to do. (laughs) (laughs) Math. Well, I'm figuring percentages on this. I have to like draw my, I still do like the cross equation. So 75. Wow. We're hearing you do math. <laughs> There's only room for seven more groups or six more groups. Mm. If we're t- if they're only taking seventy five, and that's fifty out of fifteen, so basically less than half have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. To- wow. I wonder if the judges know about that. In the first- I don't know. 
Well, and you're looking at all the other classes too, like the week one of Scholastic A, there were just a handful of groups that got superiors. So there were 18, well, actually only the superior rated groups out of week one made semifinals in Scholastic A. There were 18 superiors, 24 excellence. Mm -hmm. And those 18 superiors made it into semifinals. The excellence did not. So that satisfied that. Um, 35% of the week one Scholastic A groups got to progress. And then in week two, there were 14 superiors, 14 excellence. And there were 20 semifinalists that pulled out of week two. So there's 36 because those two groups got promoted. Right, right, right. So getting an excellent in week two got you in. Okay. Some did. So you had to look at, there's three different levels. So I think it's 12, 13, 14. If you got a score, the the ordinal score of 12, 13, 14, that's your excellence. So maybe the 12s got in and the 13s got in. There were several that did not get in week one that did get in week two. And there are some that got superiors week one that got excellence week two. So there's some, there's some interesting processing or didn't get a ranking at all in week two. Um, I've I've calm combined that data as well, where it's like, you got a superior, superior, superior. I I just think it's interesting. (laughs) It's a very complicated way to figure out who's going, who's moving on. Yeah. It was just looking at the data. It's if we ever do this again, I think there's so much information in here about how this is working. It's the same thing of like, okay, we went to, we went to the Cedar Ridge show and we got a Mm 76.3. And then two weeks later we went to the, the layman show and we got a 72. Yeah. Like what's up with that judges? The same, well, the same thing's happening here too, even though we're looking at ordinals and and ratings. Sure. Sure. um, You're not looking at rankings. You're just looking at ratings where, they're still you're they're not being you're not being compared they're being compared it depends and then the pool that we're looking at week three is 120 color cards and then 150 um so when you're looking at moving ahead in those semifinals weeks the pools are getting bigger there are more teams that are going to have more done you know if you were prepared to get into that week one that was obviously your best shot. And then week two, and you're getting into three and four, there's actually 98 teams week three that are eligible to move on that can be selected. Um, you Once you make semifinals, so if, if you are in semifinals now, those 36 teams, mm-hmm. you're not considered anymore. So you can submit your videos, but you you can't be in semifinals A and B. Gotcha. Okay. You can't have two spots. Oh. You just get one. Okay. So there are 98 teams in week three, and then it'll however many they take from that, you know, then there's less in week four because you just take out, you have to take out the ones that are already semifinalists. So if you're, if they're doing 50%, I think 50% was 90 something. Bum, bum, bum. Yep. 94 divided by two. If they're going to take 57, they should have 97 Scholastic A guards. And right now they have 36. So they're not taking enough in Scholastic A? I don't think they're taking enough. But are they taking too many? Other, maybe I'm just, you're throwing so many numbers at me. I think if, if they're following the formulas, there is verbiage in the progression document of mm-hmm. if we can take more, if the thresholds say more than this, because they do say for Scholastic A that the target maximum is 15 
per week. Mm-hmm. Well, they've taken 18 and then they've taken 20. So they're going over the target maximum, but they're not at 50%. Mm. So if we're doing an overall, I mean, you're, is it 50% of that week? Is That's it 50% was of all the color guards? Because it's still not 50% of the week. Oh. Week one was 35%. Oh. Let me go back to my thingy here. Week one, they took 35% which actually turned out to be 33% with the promotions, 33%. And then week two was 28%. Oh, so either way, they're not hitting 50%. They're going over the maximum, the target maximum, uh-huh. but they're way under the percentage. Uh, now, if you, did you combine the two weeks? Is it 50% if you combine the two weeks in A? Group a? So, e- so no matter how you slice it right now, they're not hitting 50%. Yeah, because they're, thir- they're at 36 yeah, come on. Do, do the math in your head. She's doing all this in her head right now. <laughs> Plus, I can't do it in my head. I'm not that good. Right now, if they were doing 50 per... Oh, wait, hold on. Oh. Eligible. It, hold on. There's, oh, oh, man. I forgot. It's very complicated. So it wh- is because there you can't um, consider the ones that have already made it. That's true. There you go. Okay, well, more dead time. I did my homework this time. No, 11. Not, not for the questions that I, 11. the follow-up questions that I had. Okay. 51 plus 71. 51 plus well, at this point there should be 61. Okay. And is there? No. 36. Okay. So no matter how you slice it. The only one that they're really looking at is the maximum limit of 15. The target maximum. The, the target maximum. They are they are they are allowing that wiggle room huh. in there. So the only thing I can think of is that they're looking at week one and going, okay, 52, 51 teams. Week two, take out those others, take out the semifinalists. There's seventy one teams, mm-hmm. and then they say, okay, week three, ninety eight. Week four, one hundred and thirty three. If we're going to hit that fifty percent, we have to save it for weeks three and four. Mm. to get the numbers from there because the pools are so much bigger. That's the only thing I can think sure, of. Sure, makes sense. That's the only thing I can think of. Okay. Is that, or they're just saying, well, forget the 50% and we're just going to shoot for the target maximum. But that's just going to give you 60 color guards, 60 out of 194. Got, yes, I see, right. So basically, we have to wait two weeks to find out, right? Because next week or this week is solos and ensembles. This, yeah, this week is the solo finals, oh. and then I think the solo, like the solo duet, those are the finals this gotcha. week. And then week three, the submissions for that are March sixteenth, so mm-hmm. it'll be the twentieth and twenty first. Wow. Okay. So and then week four is the uh, comes out on the twenty seventh and twenty eighth. I think I might be one number off. Oh boy. We're gonna get we're gonna times. get railed for. We're getting ready to be on spring break. Nope, I was right. Twentieth, twentieth, and twenty first is week three. So the week three semifinalists will come out on the twenty first, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. week four is the twenty seventh, twenty eighth. Gotcha. So um, speaking of WGI week three, you at the Rouse Raider Band yeah. just had your uh, informal filming process. Yes. Is that right. Yeah. You were proud to present your program. And this is all lowercase in Billie Eilish style. Still life. <laughs> hey, I've been doing lower. I've been doing lowercase show titles for a while oh, before. Oh, okay. Well, and uh, actually, ironically enough, it was. Is it ironic? Is it? Are you going to use ironically? I'm going to use. I well, maybe oh, coincidentally. Okay, let's find out. Um, the last one I did in all lowercase, the show was called Still Woods. 
So maybe it's the still that so makes me get low. So let me ask you this question. Is it, um, is it a, a, a play on words? Because is it like still life, like the art time of still life? Or is it like, hey, there's still life? Um, yes and yes. Okay. But are you saying that because I'm a judge? Clear, and clearly, like, you did not watch my live feed and listen, me, listen oh. to me explain the show to oh. our live feed. So the cool thing about, I'm going to go to there in a second. The cool thing about the live feed is that we were recording um, on an iPhone because that's the best camera anybody has. <laughs> so we had our iPhone up at the top on a tripod and then sure. we had a webcam. So we were doing the recordings and then doing a live feed as well because mm-hmm. we have some restrictions on how many spectators we can have sure. in the gym. Yes. And um, actually it was a, it was a weeks long process to get the protocol set up. So everybody felt good about it. Yeah. Um, originally it was each student could have two spectators. Then we got to five oh, and God. they had to pre-register. We had to do a, a, yeah. A questionnaire take their temperatures and then we had taped off the little sections in the crowd yeah and honestly we were told that we could have 150 people on the front side oh my god um, i think that we had like 40 or so and yeah. i wouldn't want to really have a lot more than that yeah. yeah um there was maybe two or three or four more sections that i could have taped off but um, to keep proper distancing, I think it was fine. Yeah, that's smart. But the live stream was just the start to finish. So it was run through gotcha. conversation, me talking about stuff. We did a little rehearsal, another run through downtime while the kids caught their caught their say, breath. Their oxygen. Oh yeah. yeah. It's 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 not an it's not a slow ballad. It's not a sad a class show where we move slowly or uh, we, there there are very few moments where we are all standing still for any amount of time and the tempos are very fast i like i was thinking about this last night as i was laying in bed and i'm like you knew that they were going to be wearing masks <laughs> you knew this and yet you chose to do a show with 210 182 and 144 beats per minute like at least they get slower over the show right the tempos get slower there you go but yeah we'd um the show is uh was something that happened so late um i felt kind of frozen because normally I have like a this song and this concept, just sure. all this stuff. But in the in the press to do you know digital virtual curriculum and teaching and learning, my yeah. my creative vein was sort of like I don't really care. I was like, can somebody just pick out the show for me? And then no one picked anything that I liked, so I had to kind of go back to the drawing <laughs> board. And I just started listening to music. It. I was. Are you, are you using driver's license? We are not using driver's license. Um, we, we're using Max Richter. Um, I'm I using like um, Recomposed again. Um, I used it a few years ago for just a brief section of sure. my Four Seasonings show. And um, we're using, I think it's, we're using uh, a section of Autumn and a section of Spring. And um. I knew I wanted to do that music. And then I was just going to be like, okay, well, we're just going to do home. We're just going to do home again and use the same stuff from the marching band, the Rouse marching band show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to do that either. <laughs> and so I fell into a YouTube hole one day. Oh, and um, I think most people know what this is like, where you just start watching videos and start watching videos and they just kind of tumble one after another. That's correct. And that's uh, how people are radicalized. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yep. Uh, luckily, I did not go that vein. OK, good. Very good. But it was uh, uh, from the I think it was from the Met and it was an ex- an exhibit of still life artwork, oh. um, whether it was Cezanne or Van Gogh or whoever. And um, thank you for saying those words correctly. Yeah, I got you. By the way, the first statement of the video is talking about the exhibition being this 
this respect of still life and that the ultimate goal of still life painting is to make a painting that makes the viewer or the spectator think that they're looking at reality. Ah. And hearing that sentence was just like, bing, this light went off in my head because that's what we're doing with our virtual shows. We're trying to convince the judge that they're in the gym, that they're with us, they're watching a real show, we're communicating and connecting to the camera mm-hmm. in the same way that if you're watching it, the goal, at least, is for you to kind of, the the computer and the internet to go away and for you to feel like you're in the gym with us. That That's, the, that's the, going to be the highest level of this virtual performance. And it was so interesting to have that being said about the still life paintings and looking at the props that we had and the floor that we had and and the tools that I had in place from previous shows, it was like, okay, well, let's take this table that we used and instead of it being black, let's paint it white and let's put a bird cage and a giant lemon and a giant mandarin orange on it and put fabric and drape it like a Cezanne. And let's take the window, let's paint it white, let's put some curtains on it and put that in the corner. Let's do a table with the giant sunflowers of Van Gogh and let's have an artist. Um, we actually have a character artist in the show that um, she she uh, was in the visual ensemble with the marching band and she was in the Winter Guard my first year here and she's now um, a performer with the Rouse Royals dance team and she's just, oh. she's in the theater program. She's just one of those kids that's like, what do you need me to do? <laughs> got it. Yeah. And so we got her costumed up and we got her a, a canvas and actual paint. And during the course of the show, oh. she actually, I mean, it's obviously not like. Lead based paint. No, I was going to say like a world class <laughs> go to in, into the Met painting, but she paints a still life pa- portrait during oh. the course of the show, okay. which is really cool. Um, and mm-hmm. that just sort of happened on Saturday. It was a, a, a game time decision on that one. Mm-hmm. And, Oh, it's really it's it came together really well. I'm really excited about it. And we'll see. Uh, I've I've got a a couple of colleagues that made it into semifinals. Uh, Casey Kunsi at Cedar Park and Aaron Kosman at Vista Ridge, my Leander ISD buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, big congratulations to them for making it on to Scholastic A semifinals A from this past weekend. So we've got a couple more weeks to wait to see if we can join them. But I'm just really proud of the kids and ever in the staff and everybody for getting an actual show done because there was a couple of weeks where I didn't know what we were going to do. Sure. That makes sense. But it happened. Yeah. I'm glad that it happened yeah. for you. I, yes. I wish we would have been able to submit for a week two, but we just weren't quite, I didn't feel good about it. The students didn't feel good about it. We're like, let's just give us another week and mm-hmm. then we'll go into week three and four and, and really feel confident about what we're doing. But there's, there's no, there's no expectation. I mean, this is like WGI and it's, it's been a hot minute since I've done Scholastic A in Dayton and by hot minute, I mean 12 years, Ooh. but you, it's, it is that you've just got to be great and you've got to do everything you can to have a, a, a competitive advantage, even though we're not comparatively competing. Mm-hmm. You're still competing against criteria, so right, just yeah. do the best that you can and be proud of that. And I know that we're all proud of what we're putting out. So, that's so great. according to your Facebook, the yeah. website is rosebud.org. What? Rosebud.org. Did I type it wrong? No, it's actually rouseband. Yeah, there you go. I just, was like, oh no, looks, I'm just being funny. Uh, okay, I was like, autocorrect has been doing me dirty here for the last couple of well, weeks. Well, so. the graphic, I mean, it's like a cursive graphic. It's yeah, so, fancy. Yeah, if you go to rouseband.org, um, we've been we've been very lucky as a program the last week. Um, after <laughs> just like. <sighs> having virtual this and virtual that. And we had planned a recital back at the holiday time that mm-hmm. we um, were going to, it was going to be a live stream, but we were all, the students were performing in person. And then we had um, a COVID positive diagnosis oh. the day before the oh. recital. So it had to get pulled um, at the 11th hour, which was really sad, but 
Um, I did have some videos that I could take away. But in the last week, the percussion program at Rouse had their night of percussion concert on yes. Saturday. And then all of the instrument choirs had their uh, midwinter concert on Wednesday. Yes. And then we had our live feed on Saturday. So we've got some there really great right technology that lets us do those live feeds. And then we provide those videos afterwards. So if you missed it, head over to rouseband.org to see our early, early season. I know it's weird to say that on March 8th, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, our, our program will be up there for a while. Uh, we will be recording oh, yes. again this week, but I don't think we're going to be doing a live stream. I think we're just going to be doing it on our own, but we'll live stream again. Um, no matter what happens competitively, Rouse is going to continue to uh, practice and perform. So we'll do another live stream on April 3rd mm-hmm. and our last one will be on April 10th and that will kind of finish our competitive season out from there. I see. Um, and as you, uh, you did say, I autocorrect, did you dirty? Because you meant to say repped when you texted me, but you said repoed. Oh, um, <laughs> You are wearing a, a customized general effect. What do you call it when you cut off the... the oh, I cut, yeah, I cut the crew neck out because I do not wear crew neck shirts. So it's a very, very 80s mm-hmm, of, us, mm-hmm. of us. So thank you for that. Maybe the, Yeah, I did. I did rep the, the GE shirt on the live stream. So you did? If, mm-hmm, anybody checks that out? Please use uh, the code, code Jenny B. Jenny B. But you've got eighty-one percent off at checkout. <laughs> Are you happy, women? See, <laughs> just for you, just for you, just for you. Actually, isn't the general effect shop closed? We're, we're paused. Um, yeah, because there's no shows. Like we're the last show was literally like yesterday, a year ago yesterday, at Burleson Centennial. Yeah, and the world sh- officially will shut down a year from three days from now. Yeah, March eleventh. So for a, for a brand that's contingent on people seeing yeah. it at shows, I mean, there's, there's nothing. So um, we are taking a break. Uh, we are waiting till we think August or September because then marching band's probably going to happen Fingers back crossed. to normal. And um, I think who knows? That the, mm-hmm. And we're in the state of Texas, so yes. our oh, you want to talk about our that? Great Governor uh, Wednesday, mm-hmm. the mandate has been lifted mm-hmm. of wearing the mask out in public. Fant- finally, and finally, my my rights have been infringed upon. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Now, I will say, because I am the trying to be the apolitical voice of this podcast, it does, you don't have to not, like, it, they're not going to come around and, like, rip masks off your face. So, personally, right. I'm going to continue yes. wearing a mask until As will the I. time is over. And I'm and vaccinated, too. Well, not fully. I've got one more week. I've got, this Friday, tomorrow. I become, quote, unquote, Fully vaccinated. Tomorrow, tomorrow I reach full form. As as what, what superpower are you hoping for? Uh, invisibility. That's the one I really I'm, want. I'm hoping to fly. That's the one I. I want flight. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it, it works out. So anyway, so. I'll continue to patron the places I have been patronizing. Patroning. Patronizing. Yeah, I just patron. I've always I'm very confused because like don't patronize. Yeah. Me, but but yes, you will still frequent the establishments that I have been frequenting. I will yes. still do that because uh, they are the places that I feel the most comfortable with. Exactly. Um, I've exactly. been in some places where I have not been comfortable, and I've slowly back out like homer backing into the the edge um and all of those places have come out with we're we're continuing to do 50 percent occupancy we're continuing to do mass and people are like well you've lost my business like well you did you go there anyway that's that's always my question it's like did you go there anyway um i'm just curious but i think this the timing is just a little confusing with spring break happening and traveling and I, yes, it's great that the vaccines are coming out and, and I've been, my heart has been soothed by seeing all of the ISDs around here saying we're not changing anything. Um, we're not going back. I, I, there's a couple that have come out and said, we're no longer going to require the masks for students. But I think those are communities where they have not been impacted as severely as some other mm-hmm. more urban communities. So it may be well within logical 
sense sure. that they don't have to. But you know, where you're looking at, you know, the the major metroplexes, those are all really staying the course and making sure that things are going to be okay. And then it's like, okay, well, there are, there will for sure be families that the kid comes in and won't wear it. So I'll be interested to see. I'd be interested to see how this happens with the new variant strains and things that, Mm -hmm. you know, we're all planning for a normal marching season. We're all keeping our fingers crossed for that normal, uh, normal, typical, typical season. You know, we're all signing up for our shows and we're all doing our designs and we're Mm -hmm. all doing our budgets and that it's going to be the thing. So we can only hope so. You know, I guess, I guess this truncated DCI experience is going to be sort of the barometer of, What's possible? Question mark. I mean, even though it's not, because you know they're going to be they're going to be so bubbled, right? Yes and no. Well, I was going to back. I'm so far down at the bottom of the ladder at the Phantom Regiment. I know that things are happening, but I don't know the logistics of it. So, for the NCAA tournament, I'm going somewhere with this, which is in Indianapolis. They're basically to bubble. Everyone is is in there, Mm -hmm. and they are saying now Lucas Oil, I think, can be fifty percent occupancy uh, let, let's just say that's what it is i yeah. could be wrong if they're saying that for march i can only imagine what they're going to say by august especially if and we can put a little more faith in the government right now in terms of the uh the vaccination process by june there should technically be 300 million doses available which yeah. is about enough for every adult everyone above mm-hmm. 16 so it is conceivable that I can imagine D- DCI is going to go off of what Indiana says. And Indiana yeah. may go, open it up. Like, you can be 100% occupancy. And that's probably pretty likely. Yes, for August. So if they're saying that in August, they're not they're not going to backtrack, which means Grand Nationals is going to be ready to go. I have to imagine by November, yeah. regardless, I think I we know our country. I think everyone's going to go, Vaccine's available. If you don't want it, cool. But we have it, so now let's yeah. op- let's really open everything up. Yeah. But I still think that there's going to be people like myself who will. Con- I like this mask thing. I I am um, knock on wood, haven't gotten sick. Yeah. Of, of anything. Yeah. Um. And so I don't know why I would stop wearing a mask on a plane. Well, I mean, I, it I seems that, obvious why we should be right. Doing that anyway. I, and that's what I've been saying is that moving forward, I'm probably going to wear a mask every time I fly, yeah. because. I mean, how many times, thinking about traveling, how many times do you get sick right after flying? Almost All, every time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Almost every time, whether it's a cold or whatever. You get something. You get something. So I think that that, that sort of large group, and, and I think that you'll see too, you know, band trips to Disney World, mm-hmm. you're going to see masks on people. I, if I'm in those situations, I'm wearing a mask. Yeah. Um, that's just something, you know, that happens in, in Tokyo that happens in Beijing and and it's not everybody. You know, I remember clearly from being in Beijing that there, there are lots of people that wear masks and there's lots that don't, you know, some of that has to do with air quality, but some of it also has to do with population density as well. Correct. Correct. But you know, we, we have these wide open spaces, but then also these tightly dense urban areas and then traveling is just, you know, Right. The best and the worst at the same time. I love sure. I love to travel, but I don't like right. People and I, so and I know that me, but. <laughs> I know that some people who may be listening and that you know we can cite cite statistics. But someone uh, I listened to on NPR and they were talking about because of the the virus, what the airlines were doing for the plane, and they were saying that you're statistically more possible of getting COVID like in a random house 
because of the HEPA filters, uh, oh, all that stuff. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that you still won't get sick. Right. But I mean, the fact of the matter is the airports aren't that, that I mean, you, oh, probably, God, you probably no. get it from the airport, the tram, you know, the, the little bus that yeah, takes if you've you to ever, car. If you've ever used the bathroom on the at the baggage claim at Newark Airport in New Jersey, you are <laughs> immune to the coronavirus. <laughs> All that to say is, um, I've got enough stylish masks um, <laughs> that I'm, I'm probably gonna, I'm, I'm probably gonna adopt the mask, and I think I look kind of cool wearing a mask. So, you know, why, why wouldn't we? If you're having like a, if you have a breakout, I know that people say, well, the mask give me a breakout, but you know, I whatever. wonder if all the um, plastic surgeon people are mm. doing less lip injections and more Botox in the foreheads. That's true. That's true. I wonder if, I wonder how Kylie Jenner's lip business is doing. I don't know. I don't. Versus eyeshadow businesses if they were smart they would have figured out a way to like do some makeup for your mask or like around oh your mask or i'm sure they they're... i'm just imagining in my head i'm imagining those surgical masks those white surgical masks with like a, a joker style yes. lipstick smile <laughs> <laughs> that's all like running and the only thing that's creepier are the clear masks where you can oh my god those things are the <laughs> creepiest yeah uh, the second creepiest are the ones of people that get their face printed on the mask <laughs> and so it's it looks just like, like it's like 13 percent too big <laughs> so you look at them and you're like i'm aware that that's your face but your mouth is 11 and a half percent larger than it's supposed to be correct yeah, they didn't get the measurements right. No. Because they just did it flat. And they didn't realize yeah. that, you know, the full, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about that <laughs> kind mean, of stuff. They meant well. Oh, well, good for them. Good for them. They meant well. What else do you want to talk about, Jenny B? Oh, man. Do you want to shout out to anybody? Do you want to, do you want to, you want to rail on somebody? What would you like to talk about? I don't, I don't have any railing on anybody. I, I, just, I think like watching these videos, well, I mean, sometimes you have to, to be like, listen. Yeah, sure. That ain't it. Oh, um, but not? I haven't seen, there's nothing like that going on. I think it's so great. Um, one, one video that I watched this week that was like, this is dope, is Nation Ford Percussion from oh. uh, the Charlotte area in South Carolina. Yeah. Um, they are just, <laughs> they did some really cool stuff with lighting. Um that is something unique that I've seen so far within the e-showcase uh, mm-hmm, process. Mm-hmm. Like you can't do you can't do a whole lot of that. I don't think you can do any of it in the competitive side of thing. Um, no, there is something in the rules about manipulating uh, the environmental lighting, so you can't turn the lights off. As soon as you turn the lights off and do something, then you're automatically into e-showcase. But right, right, they've done some really cool stuff, and and they always are super strong in their their technical skills and their performance skills. But um, the the creativity that they're pushing with the e-showcase is really awesome. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. And, and Paramount put out their, their next round of their videos, um, uh, which is choreographed by one of my former students, Mara Funk, who is just an incredible, they are an incredible performer, creative, um, taught them way back in 2015 and 2014 at Spirit of Atlanta and watching them grow up within the Paramount organization and mm-hmm. now getting choreography, choreography billing and, and, and situations like that is really, really cool. I think that the Paramount's uh, e-showcase process is going to be really cool. Um, and then I'm super looking forward to these next two weeks of the competitive side of things. Uh, and well, in the e-showcase too, because there are the majority of the independent world color guards are living in the e-showcase land because they're seeing an opportunity. And we talked about this a little bit last week of having performers from 
way outside their area. Mm-hmm, Literally, mm-hmm. you could live in Paris, France, not Paris, Texas, but Paris, <laughs> France, and still be a member of Etude because they are including virtual performers or, or Paramount. They're including virtual performers, Pride of Cincinnati, because they're working in the e-showcase. When you're looking at the competitive side of things, you have to all be in the gym at the same time. You can't have picture-in-picture. Picture, you can't have any other sort of video editing. Right. It has to be everybody's here, everybody's on the floor, Done and done. But with eShowcase, you can combine your membership however you want to. So if your virtual students are submitting a video, it's up to your your producer to put it together into the content that you want. And mm-hmm. those independent guards, you know, I, kids across the country, you know, every, yeah. they know where they, you know, you're like, oh gosh, I wish I could march Paramount, but I live in Oregon. It's like, okay, well now you can, now you, you can participate or, you know, oh gosh, I've always wanted to be up in Fantasia, but I live in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yeah. Like it, you know, there, I guess there are some people that have Bobby Axelrod as a father that could theoretically fly out every weekend. <laughs> um, and, and I've known people that have flown out to like March Santa Clara winter guard from Alabama. And that was just, they're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I want to do this and I've saved my money and we're going to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's a, that's a rare situation where, but now there's so much flexibility. Um, the, the independent guards are really taking taking to that. And there, and there's some doing both. Um, I, I think the collective out of Indianapolis, um, David Crook and, and company up there, uh, he's the director at Ben Davis and is also, this is the first year for this collective arts ensemble. Um, they've been putting out some content over the fall as well. I Mm. think that they're doing both competitive and e-showcase. So they're, they're working on those mixed media type situations, but also a competitive show too. It's, it's just offering so many opportunities for things that, we never, we all would have been so hyper-focused on sure. getting in a gym and, and yeah. you don't, you don't have to have facilities. No, you don't have to worry about facilities to do e-showcase. You can do that. Oh, bless you. Thank you. I sneezed. Peace and blessings. Off, off, uh, <laughs> off camera. Yeah. You can do it in your auditorium <laughs> or outside or, or wherever you mm-hmm. don't have to necessarily con- right, constrain yourself to getting into a gym. It's true. It's the way of the future. It's the wave of the future. Oh, well, I just I hope we all continue to kind of wave keep of some of these things in mind. Well, I I know some people are uh, very passionate about the bustling metropolis that is Dayton, Ohio. So oh, I was going to say this too about BOA and DCI is that you know these cities, particularly Indianapolis and and probably Dayton, just not quite as much because Indy gets two of them and Dayton gets the one. Mm-hmm. These the money that comes into the city is just oh, yeah. insane. So I do not envy people, particularly in the local governments with these huge events happening, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even in, in Austin too, you know, they announced last week that ACL was going to be happening again. The festival is going to be happening in person. Wait, this year? Yeah. I did not see that announcement. Yeah. It's, I will not be going. I, I wouldn't go on a normal oh, year. Okay. I was just like, Ooh, that was, I just don't like people. I just don't like people. Um, well, they haven't released any of the parameters of how many people are all thing. that. I'm like, do I need, I'm not going in a bubble. Right. You're going to wear a bubble boy outfit. But, sorry, I, bubble person. I might wear a hula hoop. Uh, that's a, a six feet social distancing, yes. like an old a school southern bale yeah. dress mm-hmm. for your debutante. Just the skirt, your though. Debut. It's gonna, it could be 100 million degrees that's or true. it could be nice. Who knows? But yeah, it would, these local could be, could be snowing. Oh, God. Don't say that. Um, <laughs> the, the, the local governments in Indianapolis and Dayton, you know, having to choose between the the economic impact and then the health impact and the logistical impact. And yeah, 
It's I do not I do not envy those folks because there's no right answer. You are correct. October 1st through 3rd and October 8th through 10th back in Zilker Park. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. I, I can't see a yeah. world where it doesn't happen. In a world. In a world. Where nothing has happened. And nobody takes the coronavirus seriously. <laughs> oh, no. Man. Especially especially a couple of streets north of Zilker. About six streets north of Zilker. They do not take the coronavirus seriously <laughs> six at all. Six streets. That's so very specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, Jennifer B. Um, yeah. What what do we have look What do we look forward to for next time? What, what so this is solo and ensemble weekend? But what else is happening in the world? Is it spring break? Are people spring, on spring? Yeah, spring break is going to be start coming up. I know Leander ISD Friday is our last day, oh. so we've got spring break next week. Are you doing anything fun for spring? I'm break? not. I'm staying. I'm, even though I reach peak vaccination final form tomorrow, um, I'm going to stay and hang out and enjoy some Austin weather and experiences yeah. and and do all that kind of good stuff and just get prepared for the rest of the of the year i'm prepping the spring showcase recital for the visual ensemble so it's mm. going to be a little chill I, I i'm not really i'm not ready i think to travel quite yet yeah yeah i hear you just not quite but hopefully later on in the spring or summer will be time to take a little vacay probably out to los angeles or oh geez somewhere well, i be, love la be sure you take your phone i will and leave it on I will. Okay. Just one. It was referencing our, our time we met at Flow Marching. It was a long time ago. Yes. I don't even remember. It's okay. That's okay. Um, do you <laughs> have uh, anything funny or witty to bring us home with? No, other Inspiring, than profound. No, the only the only thing that I have to contribute that we that we discussed beforehand was that I was the Robin to your Howard Stern in our <laughs> in our radio our little radio show that we have here to keep you under control. Yeah. Um I we haven't discussed that. Yeah, yet. Chris Cuomo made a comment. <laughs> Shh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying he made a comment. <laughs> um, it, look, I, I look. Did I laugh when I watched the clip? Absolutely. <laughs> Would I say something like that? Probably. Yeah, but um, should it? No. Yeah. It's, look, you can you can like good times and not try and say that you're black. I liked good times. I'm not black. <laughs> My hair is black. That's yes, it. Yeah. That's yes, Yes, but I, I do need, you know what, you're right. I do need a Robin yeah. to go like, nope, yeah, no, sit down. Turn off your mic. Easy, easy. Easy, like, yeah, like, like cut it out. Yeah, that kind of you thing. Yeah, yeah, the, the motions. We should start video recording. We should. Too. Well, it's a whole thing. That's, so. That is do a you, whole um, thing. Do you, uh, do you know the words to good times? No. Good times. Remember, we just, we, in the Wow. No, we've established that you were far, far older than me. So that's how would I know that? <laughs> oh, I should have stopped the mic a long time ago. This episode of Sketchbook Podcast was recorded, edited, and produced by me, Daniel Mathoy Jr., in Austin, Texas. Our logo is created by John Suh of Purpose Designs, and our music is provided by Epidemic Sound. If you enjoy Sketchbook, tell a friend about the show or share a link on social media. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns? Email us at sketchbookpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a message through the Anchor app. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. Be sure to join the Sketchbook community and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Sketchbook Podcast. 
And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Sketchbook Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Thanks for listening.